Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. JJ Jackson here with you, and it's so awesome to have you here with us as well as our show today is brought to you by our good friends over at NetSuite. I got to tell you, it's the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. On today's show, on this fine Thursday, excited to talk about Duke basketball and other state of affairs from across the league. This is a recording on Wednesday, and I'm honored to be sitting down with Josh Graham from WSJS Sports and accsports.com to talk all things Blue Devils and the rest of the things going on across the ACC. Josh, how are you? Oh, man, that was a crazy game last night. Yeah, you're right. We, we are recording this on Wednesday. No, exactly. So uh, what, what are you expecting for tonight's game that uh, people will be listening to then on Thursday? Let's see if your prediction, you can now, play dramas. This is next level, like, <laughs> like radio slash podcast, where we make predictions and then it drops <laughs> after the fact. So then when I'm right, nobody's going to believe that this is actually something that happened before. Right. All right. I think uh, Wake Forest is going to pull the upset and they're going to win by 100. Let's see if I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll Very see what happens. You. Yeah, I like it. I like uh, it. What's your read on it? Uh, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see how this plays out. Obviously, things did not go well for Duke their last time out. And I know you were in Cameron for the game on Saturday versus <laughs> Miami. But uh, talking about it leading up to the game, it's another Wake Forest team that, man, I, I think everybody didn't expect the Demon Dinkins to look as good as they have so far this season and Winston-Salem there at the Joel has had moments where, where Duke has been upset in the past before the last trip over there for Coach K. So uh, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be an incredible atmosphere. I do like to think that Duke is going to bounce back. I think that the last two times out, Josh, we've seen some kind of down performances from Wendell Moore Jr. And I don't think that continues. I think as the junior captain, he writes the ship. But let's continue down the path of Wake Forest because there are a lot of people that have asked me, man, Wake Forest, where did this come from? This is kind of surprising. And what I'm here to tell you and your audience, this is not an aberration, what we're seeing right now. There are actual reasons that Wake Forest is this kind of good and it makes sense. Like we see this year in football, Dave Clawson's team, they are one of the biggest surprises in college football. Right. But the way that the, the reason Wake Forest had success in football was due to a little bit of luck from the NCAA in that in 2020, they granted a free year of eligibility. And Wake Forest is the type of team that doesn't recruit, out-recruit North Carolina and Clemson and some of those others. No, the way that they win is with experience, with age, with craftiness and with system. So they redshirt every single class that comes in. So Wake Forest naturally was going to have more six and seven year players in 2021 as a result of that rule the NCAA made that made them competitive in football and made it not random, 
that they were the team playing in Charlotte in the ACC championship. Why? How does that relate to basketball? Well, it wasn't necessarily the one time or the uh, the the free year of eligibility that led to Steve Forbes having the success he's had in this year, but another NCAA rule that was set in the middle of the summer in 2021, or I guess it would have been early spring of 2021. That's the one-time transfer becoming official across college basketball. Some background on Steve Forbes. He spent 11 years in junior college basketball coaching, JUCO coaching. If you look at the rest of the ACC's head coaches combined, they've spent one year on junior college staffs. Kevin Keats had one year in the mid-1990s. That matters because what we're seeing right now with the one-time transfer is essentially junior college basketball where there's so much movement and the rosters are fluid and coaches who coach in JUCO are completely comfortable with it. So Forbes, he's comfortable with it, and he found a way to upgrade his roster with Alondis Williams, who right now I'd say is the best player who's had the best season in the ACC to this point, and Hadeem C. and Dallas Walton completely upgrading this roster. And it's important to remember this, too. And I know I'm being long-winded here, JJ. Steve Forbes probably should not be the head coach of Wake Forest. And what I mean by that is, in April of 2020, usually in coaching cycles, you see about nine, ten changes in high major basketball. In 2020, we saw one. And it was Wake Forest. So they had their pick of the litter. They... They, they looked at all these great yeah. coaches and they were able to get the guy who won 75% of his games at East Tennessee state that in a normal cycle, a la last year, they probably would not be, be able to get it. So this is a long way of saying, if you're wondering why Wake Forest is this kind of good this year, and you're wondering whether or not it's legitimate, go back to the decision that they made to move off of, of uh, Danny Manning at a very uncertain time, April of 2020, to get a guy like Steve Forbes and this NCAA rule that kind of worked to his advantage because unlike the other coaches in the ACC, he's uniquely equipped to be, to thrive with the one-time transfer. Give me an idea about the atmosphere then that he's created because that matters as well in college basketball, right? And you've been across the ACC. You've covered the conference for several years now at this point. Wake Forest wasn't always the toughest stomping ground. I do mention some upsets that have taken place there over the years when it was rocking and rolling and that sort of thing. But there were also some years, Josh, where just from the outside looking in and, again, never being there before, it looked like not a whole lot was going on there at the Joel. Well, it's it's something that has changed. That, that's become a recent thing because I, don't, I think a lot of people would be surprised, particularly younger people that – to know that in the 90s and 2000s, the only programs that won more games than Wake Forest, Duke, North Carolina, and Maryland. Those are the, those are the three programs that have won more than Wake Forest when you consider the history of Randolph Childress and Roddy Rogers and Tim Duncan and Chris Paul and Tie-Dye Nation, that entire deal. And all of that really turned when Skip Prosser passed away in 2007, that that's one of the biggest what ifs, I think, of the history of ACC basketball. What if Skip Prosser didn't tragically pass away in his office in 2007? Because then you have a few more years of Dino Gaudio. Then you have the disastrous Jeff Bizdelic era. And then the long, painful, constant bleeding 
of Danny Manning for six years at Wake. To your point, it's a different culture that you see now with Steve Forbes. This guy, his personality is unlike anything Wake Forest has had since Skip. He is a one of a kind. When you hear people talk about Skip in a very different way than Steve, it is a one of a kind personality that has breathed energy and life into this program. Just last Saturday, Wake Forest had a Talladega Knights game at, at in Winston-Salem. And if you know anything about Wake Forest and what people think about when they think about the university, it's not Talladega Nights. So that's, that's who Steve Forbes is. He's the type of guy that to get fans to go to a game before Christmas is going to have the marketing department create like Cousin Eddie Christmas vacation hats with a Wake Forest logo on it. He, he's a real person that you could reach out to and he'll engage on Twitter and he's all about selling his program. And he told me this the other day, uh, trying to teach people around here how to be college basketball fans again during the pandemic. You know, we didn't have it. And people have found ways to spend their time and spend their money. And before the pandemic, Wake Forest basketball didn't give them a lot of reasons to come out. So Steve Forbes is trying to win back those people again. And then those who were younger fans who didn't have reasons to become Wake fans over the last dozen years, he, he's trying to win some of them back too. It's going to take time, but he understands the mission and he has the personality and the amount of energy, I think, to make Wake Forest an interesting product sooner rather than later. It's interesting to think about sort of the history of Wake Forest basketball again, because so many times we get caught up in recency and not really looking at the full picture and that sort of thing. But as you're talking, Josh, I'm reflecting back on on my lifetime, right? Being born in 95, coming into a basketball fandom when J.J. Redick is on campus, yeah. going up against Tie Dye Nation right there at Wake Forest and the atmosphere and that sort of thing. So with that in mind, and then also here we are in this last season of Mike Krzyzewski, who doesn't want us to use the word last, as we've heard all the time. I reflect back to the Georgia Tech game we had a week ago where it seemed like Tech was planning for Bobby Crimmins to come and be on the sideline. One of the final meetings that Coach K will have against Wake Forest this season, I'm curious what if there will be any recognition for Mike Krzyzewski or, or kind of how he does personally reflect back on these memories versus the Demon Dickens. Forbes won't tell me what the gift is. He's okay. got something, and that should terrify Coach K because <laughs> I – like the basketball team, that's one thing. But then he said it. So I feel good with this being on a Wednesday and this running tonight. Forbes told me we're not going to see that the first week because they got to play again. Right. So he even said, you know, we might be playing them pretty late in that tournament in March. And he wouldn't specify what tournament he was talking about. Uh, so I, I am interested to know what that gift is going to be. Knowing Forbes, it's going to be something that makes everybody laugh. Uh, Forbes was telling me about these ACC coaches calls that they used to be on during the pandemic. And he said, Mike was kind of the one that ran the show. And he's, you know, kind of telling, telling his point of view and people are following in line with it. And Forbes being the new guy, he said his role was just to make people laugh every now and then. So they'll have the Duke doctor or yeah, the Duke doctor, Cameron Wolf, who's the ACC's lead doctor on everything that's happened with the pandemic. And Cameron Wolf is an incredibly smart guy. 
Steve told me one time that he asked the doctor, he's like, uh, what am I supposed to do with my glasses while wearing a mask on the sideline? He's like, you know, I can't, can't really see my team. And he said, Kay found that to be the funniest thing. <laughs> Just Forbes asking someone of Cameron <laughs> Wolf's credibility. Yeah, what am I supposed to do with uh, this mask and my glasses? They fog up. I can't see my team. It's probably for the best I can't see my team. And uh, let's not, yeah, let's not forget that these, these guys are people too. And sometimes being on these meetings every single week can can be a bit tedious at points. It's always good to have somebody to break up some of the, you know, awkwardness and break right. up some of, the, some of the monotony. And he's such an oddball, right? Steve Forbes, again, you had him on your show a little bit earlier this week, the drive with Josh Graham, WSJS Sports there in Tried. So with that being said, and, and thinking about all the matchups Coach K has had in his lifetime, that doesn't surprise me at all to hear that Coach K might have liked that because he's probably so used to so many of the uh, elder statesmen, so to speak, in the conference and that sort of thing. So to get a read on, on Steve Forbes like that. People get mad at me. You were mentioning the J.J. Redick uh, era. Mm-hmm. I, in terms of ACC Big Four basketball, you're talking about Wake, State, Duke, Carolina, and you limit it to those four. Right. Is there a better era of ACC Big Four basketball than 03 to, let's say, 06, 07? Because I have some stats to back this up in case there's somebody who will say, what are you talking about the 80s? You had all these guys like Ralph Sampson or, well, I mean, that's Virginia. You got guys like Michael Jordan and, you know, Coach K was just getting his feet around him, all these things. Well, I think in the modern NCAA tournament, the only times that all four teams had made the NCAAs in the same year was the early 90s, either 91 or 92, not both years, one of the two. And then it's 2004, 2005. Has me thinking, you know, well, back That's to back. That's the argument there. Yeah. Back, back to back teams. Think about it. Like you could make an argument for all four. Who'd be the best of the four? Because Duke obviously had Reddick and Sheldon Williams and them boys. You got North Carolina that won the national championship right. in 05. Wake Forest had the number one team in the country and probably the best player of the four in Chris Paul. And then NC State made it, I think, to back-to-back Sweet 16s, at least one with Julius Hodge going in 2005. So like that, that era, man, I think as years go on, we're going to look back at that era and think, wow, we had it pretty good. We did indeed. And hopefully for the state of North Carolina, it could kind of get on that same track moving forward. And, and we'll have new coaches stepping in Durham in the years to come and that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, a whole lot of fun. I want to get your thoughts on this Duke basketball team, Josh. But we got to take a quick break for me to let my friends know about uh, NetSuite. As uh, This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture. You need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA, netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. 
Back on Locked On Blue Devils, the Thursday Locked On Blue Devils being recorded on a Wednesday. We get in these moments from time to time having to record a day early and talking about a game taking place later tonight against Wake Forest. You'll know the result likely by the time you're listening to it. And coming up on our Friday show, we'll recap that game and get more of an extensive NC State preview. And we'll touch on the Wolfpack with our guest today, Josh Graham of WSJS Sports and ACCSports.com a little bit later in the program. Josh, what about the Duke Blue Devils? 12-2 and two on the year going into this one last season of Coach K. Let's talk about the product on the floor. Yeah, I think this is a team that probably is one of the three or four elite teams in college basketball. There seems to be some separation between them, regardless of what happens in the Joel Coliseum, uh, between them and whoever you view to be the second best team in the ACC. Even though when I asked Coach K about it on Saturday, with Miami beating Duke, he said that it's very equal and our league's always really good. It would have been really good for that argument if Miami didn't lose to Florida State on Tuesday night. So it's outside of Duke, there isn't really anybody that you feel comfortable saying can be a legitimate contender this year. It's an interesting team. I think the talent is good enough to win a title. But what makes me pretty excited about their chances headed into March is it's just it's not just youth. In the one-and-done age, you know, we've seen plenty of Duke teams go into the tournament and get wasted in the first weekend of the, of the right. tournament. You're talking about Austin Rivers uh, losing it to, to Lehigh in the 215 or bringing up some bad memories here, <laughs> talking about uh, the game in Raleigh against Mercer with Jabari Parker and, and, and company. This team – reminds me a lot of that 2015 national championship team because yes you have the dominant interior presence of a guy like Paolo but you also have some of these other lottery caliber players who are just tough as nails like Tyus Jones was such an important player on that team uh in the same way I think Trevor Keels is a tank for weight uh, for for Duke and then AJ Griffin uh, he reminds me of a better version of Justice Winslow. I, and I'm not saying that as a slight to Justice. I thought he was a great player, but when you look at the size, they're similar. And AJ is a little bit more efficient of a shooter, which Justice wasn't in, in 2015. So that's the youth element. But the 2015 team, uh, they'll be the first to tell you that guys like Quinn Cook and Matt Jones were so important for them winning that title and this year's team has guys like that, like Wendell Moore Jr., who before the, the pause hit was probably the best player in the ACC and maybe the best story in college basketball in his third season. And I, I really like some of the contributions that we've seen from Theo John, the transfer from Marquette this year. I, I, I really think the blend of those two things is what makes Duke a really scary team headed into March. And so thinking about this team and then comparing it to 2015, I've heard that a lot. I certainly do agree with that as well. You mentioned unsung heroes from that team. I think about somebody like Emil Jefferson, who's mm. now back on the staff, on the bench for the Duke basketball team and lending his voice to things that might be there. John Shire, one of his first seasons as an assistant coach, 
uh, for Duke was in 2015, being around that group as well. And the older heroes of this team, like Wendell Moore Jr. leading the way and that sort of thing. Back to the staff specifically, though, Josh, because here on Lockdown Blue Devils, we're so pro-brotherhood, it's crazy, right? We throw that around all the time because Duke uses it as well. They want to market it. As someone with no ties to the school, though, and, and as someone who watches college basketball as religiously as you do, what kind of a factor is that, knowing that every player on Coach K's staff won a national championship as a player and knows exactly what that team is going through? Also a captain. That's another right. thing. You have to be a captain. You have to win a national championship. That's how Coach K's done it for a very long time. It's pretty unique. It is. Like North Carolina just promoted, obviously, Hubert Davis, an alum on staff, but the way that Roy has done it with his assistant coaches back when with, with Steve Robinson and with, uh, uh, I mean, there are a few other names I could pull out. It's, it's not quite the same thing. Coach K's produced a number of head coaches and you know, the names like Collins and Wojo and I could go all the way to Cable. You could go down the list, but the, um, it, it's, it's a special thing that they've done with coaches. And now we're at the point where after a decade, maybe even close to two decades of speculation, which of these former Duke captain <laughs> players are going to succeed Coach K? We know it's going to be John Shire. And he's going to have those guys as well who are assistants on his staff. And I anticipate he's going to try and keep that the same way and keep that lineage to Coach K a lot. I don't know that's the case but I'd be surprised if it wasn't given how it's worked for coach K for such a long time how much easy I mean it made it so easy for us Josh right doing a podcast every day you doing the show there with so many uh, loyal ACC fans wanting to interact with you and that sort of thing you mentioned speculation and we've had it going on as you said for over a decade plus wondering when K is going to retire and then who takes over well, the question was answered very quickly after Coach K made the announcement. So there's no speculation. And now John Shire's got an awesome seat this year to kind of be able to recruit and is already doing an amazing job at that so far with the number one class that he's put together in 2022 and a couple of already five-star commits in, in 2023 looking ahead. It made it really easy for us, Josh, not having to speculate as much. Coach K, that, that's on purpose too. Those two things that you mentioned, the, Coach K believes they're linked. If, you, if you're trying to figure out what separates Coach K from many of the other coaches that have been great in college basketball, it's his ability to adapt to the times, whether it be recruiting one and done, whether it be stylistically, whether it be here in the age of the, the, the one-time transfer trying to get things done. Now, he didn't spend much time in that because now John Shire's taking over, but one thing that Coach K feels like he's forward thinking on is, well, if guys can immediately transfer out, you worry about the type of team you have for the guy who takes over for you. So he decided to do something that nobody else done, uh, nobody else has done. There's, there's a cynical side to this, but you know, there's two ways you could look at it. Maybe both of them are true. Some would say, and I'm going to break some news for Blue Devil fans. There are a lot of people that don't like Duke. A lot of people. I'm not breaking news here yeah. on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Wow. So when Coach K decides that he's going to have 
a one year off ramp to retire and finish his career. There are folks who say Coach K is just looking for adulation. He's looking for all this attention. And, you know, maybe there's a little bit of truth to that, that you want your flowers. Like someone, a coach in the ACC, I won't say who, told me a long time ago, if Coach K didn't want the banner hanging above the floor that said Coach K, all-time winningest coach of college basketball at Cameron, he would not have it there. <laughs> if he didn't want a video that has him walking into Cameron for two or three minutes describing – all the great things about Coach K as he walked on the floor, it would not be there. So, yeah, this guy, he thinks a lot of himself, and that's fine. It's warranted. But the other end of it, he would not do this if he didn't feel there was purpose and there was opportunity here. He felt that knowing who his successor is going to be, having that guy be on staff, because there was conversation of bringing Tommy Amaker from Harvard to Duke staff as an assistant after um, they had some change after Nate James left for a head coaching job. That was something they looked at too. They felt Shire was the right guy because they could keep the ball rolling on recruiting. Kay can help with that. And you have someone on staff for a year that can make that succession a lot easier. So both those things, I think there's some truth to it, but I think it's more of the latter where it's coach K seeing an opportunity to set up John Shire pretty well where he can have a great number one recruiting class moving forward because of that lack of, you know, ambiguousness. The last right. ambigu ambiguity recruits know what's up. And if you're not making a seismic change at college basketball and asking kids just to trust that it's going to be okay, not knowing who they're going to be playing for in the interim. It's just, it's wild that we've entered this point, right? You and I, Josh, our entire lifetime, this man has been the head coach of Duke basketball, being there for 42 years. And uh, in a lot of ways, Duke basketball, or Coach K is Duke basketball, is how you would look at it. And you're so curious what, if there any drop-off there would be. And setting it up this way, it's like, great, but is that going to work? From the recruiting side of things, it absolutely has worked, as we mentioned, because they've got the number one class in the country, the top players coming in to play for the Blue Devils, not only in this upcoming season, but the following one as well. So obviously it's working. We know this guy's great, and it looks like Coach K once again proving uh, why he's one of the best to do it. He's had a lot of time to think about it, being there for 42 years, what the succession would sort of look like and that sort of thing. So uh, awesome stuff. All right, let's take one more quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk more Duke basketball and get you set for the weekend. Bet Online would like to wish everyone a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Join us and use our promo code locked on to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online where the game starts. Hey, Duke fans, this is JJ Jackson with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about. I'm talking about GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE. S-C-O-R-E, and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. 
Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first take. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as $200 to $300 a month in cash back. No catch whatsoever. Cash back added directly to your bank account. You can cash out anytime on your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, to get 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. Final few moments of Lockdown Blue Devils here today. J.J. Jackson uh, hanging out with Josh Graham, host of The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports and accsports.com. How much fun do you have collaborating with the guys over there at ACC Sports, Josh? Because that's always been a website that I love to go to, see the power rankings and things that you guys do every week. And many of your interviews with the coaches across the conference are linked there as well. How much fun do you have with that? Oh, goodness. It's a lot of fun. Brian Geisinger, I'd say he's the brains of the operation in terms of how much hoop that guy knows (laughs) because I happen to keep tabs on everything with football and also with – you know, you fill in the blank, Carolina Panthers and all the things going on around here. So it's a really fun thing that we do. Appreciate you mentioning it. Appreciate you reading it. Absolutely. So let's get into uh, this upcoming weekend. As we said, we're going to play Wake Forest tonight. You watched that game last night for folks that are listening to us on the Thursday. Wild game. Crazy game. game. Can you believe the finish? Oh, my God. Whoa. Yeah. How about it? He did what? Yeah. All right. So, uh, NC State is coming up this weekend for the Blue Devils. A game going to be televised on ABC. Should be a fun one. Uh, We've seen, as we mentioned with Wake Forest, a lot of fun matchups over the years. When you play the teams in the state, it means a little more. And Coach K certainly been through that 42 years leading the way for Duke. What can you tell me about Kevin Keats Bunch this season, Josh? Because I haven't watched much of them. Uh, 50 seconds into the season, they lost perhaps their most important player for the year and Matty Bates. Uh, this, this would have been a lot more fun if Coach K was headed the PNC Arena in Raleigh. Those fans get after it. I respect NC State fans. There is no fan base in college sports that is as passionate about their team with, without a reason to be passionate about their team than NC State. And that's not a slight. That is a compliment because, boy, nobody's been kicked in the nads more than they have over the last 30 years. If you don't believe me, Manny Bates, their most important player, went out 50 seconds into the year, and it happened a few months after they had to go home having won two games in the College World Series and two games. (laughs) We, We could get into all that. NC State stuff, it's a thing that people know quite a bit about. And This NC State team, this is the perfect example of NC State stuff when you consider not only do they lose Bates, but NC State fans have been waiting. I've been hearing from them for the last decade. They've been waiting. Oh, when Roy Williams and Coach K are no longer at Carolina and Duke, that's going to be the moment we strike. And that's going to be the moment that we're ready to go. And they're watching Wake Forest and thinking that should be us. Just like in football, they beat Clemson and they're not going to the ACC championship game. It's Wake Forest that's there. What? NC State? Like they've been thinking so long. They have this NCAA stuff that they've been dealing with. Oh no, are we going to be hit over the head? What's going to happen? This is going to be terrible. We might get a postseason ban. And then they don't. And then the same night that happened, they lost it home to Wright State. 
This is a team that is not very good, and that is a bummer. But Kevin Keats now doesn't have this NCAA cloud hanging over him. He does have some really good young players, in-state guys like Terquavion Smith, who's averaging, I think, a little over 13 a game is really good. Darion Sebron, I think if the season ended today, would be first team all ACC. He's been an unbelievable right. player for, for, for Coach Keats. It's going to be about retainment or retention, uh, making sure you keep these guys beyond 2022 and you know benefiting from some of the recruiting that he's done. Keats has caught some bad breaks. Going back to NC State stuff, he's had two top 30 recruits who are set to step on campus, who went to such academies that actually qualified as being a year out of high school. So they were able, they, they never stepped foot on NC State's campus and were able to go to the NBA draft right away. That happened twice to, to uh, Kevin Keats. Just in the past few weeks, he landed the number one point guard in the 2023 class in Dillingham. Maybe a guy who could reclassify for next year, depending on how much space they have. So the recruiting's good. There's reason to be optimistic moving forward for NC State. State fans don't want to hear that. They want to win right now because, again, they see Hubert Davis is on the bench in Chapel Hill and Coach K is getting set to retire. They feel, they felt this would be a good opportunity to really push a step forward, but this team's not that. And uh, we'll see that on Saturday when Duke gets to take, uh, take on the Wolfpack inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. And, uh, yeah, I do think Duke's going to have uh, a pretty – They'll, they'll win on Saturday versus NC State's how I'm feeling right now going into it. Uh, I hope that we don't go through a repeat of last Saturday with the matchup versus Miami. I don't think that's bound to happen because those guards for Miami oh so skilled. Already saw this week. Well, we're at the point now. Uh, just to add one more yeah. thing, Jay. We're at the point now. Like, if this is the last time that Coach K is going to face NC State. NC State fans, this is it. Like, if they – They need if this. If they're able yeah. to beat Coach K the last time they play him in Cameron – Goodness, but we need a ruling on something. Because of that NCAA uh, scandal, we'll call right. it, with Dennis Smith Jr., the 2017 season, the wins they had were vacated. And one of those wins was at Cameron with the Dennis Smith Jr. dunk. Walk-off dunk. Fittingly, yeah. didn't even count. So <laughs> since that game was vacated, the last time that Duke won at Cameron – you'd have to go back to Pete Glaudet in 1995. So Coach K wasn't even on the sideline for that. So when is officially the last time NC State <laughs> won at Cameron? If we're not going to count 17, and there's reason not to count 95, I don't know the answer to that. He owns NC State, it sounds like. that's uh, Yeah, I hadn't yeah. even thought about that before. I definitely have the memories of the walk-off dunk by Dennis Smith Jr. that you're right was after the buzzer, but, oh, my gosh, they beat Duke on Cameron, so everybody freaks out. What a big thing that was. Uh, but, wow, 95 on Coach K. Wasn't even there on the bench with his back surgery. Crazy. Uh, looking at the league, though, we saw already this week Florida State kind of down Miami, first loss for the Hurricanes, uh, now back even in the standings with Duke, who's also lost the game, but, of course, head-to-head -head right now. Miami's got that edge. Is it still Duke's league to lose in the regular season here? It is. It's still Duke's league. Uh, see, but here's the thing. It's Duke has not won the ACC regular season since 2010. Yeah. It, it's been a while, as obscure rock band in the mid-2000s stained would say. It's been a while. And, NC, you know, gosh, this, this entire conference, it's, it's hard to really forecast based on what the last week has been. But Duke 
they they're the best team and there was some you know schedule shuffling earlier this week that put the Notre Dame game back on the schedule we'll see if they end up going to Clemson when you look at the schedule it's not all that daunting with what you got at home versus what you have on the road I don't know if anybody else is going to go into Cameron and beat Duke this year. So if they just win their home games and take care of business and not lay eggs on the road, I think that could be enough for them to win the ACC regular season this year. And then when you get to the tournament, the thing you got to remember is like being in the building at these games, like, and I've been there for the last handful of years, there is an urgency this year that you just haven't seen the last few years. And obviously it's related to Coach K. Like these guys feel a responsibility to win every single time they're out on the floor because they know, well, Coach K only has so many of these left. It's crazy to think that there are only seven more home games at Duke with Coach K on that bench. And that's something these guys feel. I don't know if that's going to be a positive when you get to the NCAA tournament, it being a win or go home situation and that type of pressure is on the shoulders of these players. But at least in the regular season, the urgency, which hasn't always been there with one and done teams, I think that's enough to propel them. And I know the ACC tournament matters a lot to coach K. Here's another crazy stat, JJ. If I were to ask you off the top of the head, top of your head, the last time Duke lost in the ACC tournament, what would you say? The last time they lost in the ACC. I mean, I would have to think about all the tournaments that have been canceled. Right. And then, I know Zion once. I don't know. When was the last time they lost? Mid-tournament semifinal to North Carolina in 2018. That's right. Four years ago. Because last year, won some games, and then COVID took them out. No tournament, never played in uh, 2020. 2019, they won in Charlotte with the Zion team. 2018, in Brooklyn, where this tournament's going to be. So probably going to be heavy Duke crowds at the Barclays Center. So there's some advantages in that too. Uh, I don't see any reason to think that Duke shouldn't win the ACC this year, both the tournament and also the regular season. Josh Graham's joining us here today on Lockdown Blue Devils. It's been a whole lot of fun. It's not going to be his uh, first and only visit here on the program. We'll have to bring him back for more fun and insight. Before you go though, Josh, I do want to ask this. I love trying to take people as inside the Duke basketball world as possible and so with how could I ask that to Josh Grant? Well, what I'm so curious about is where you're at in these games inside Cameron Indoor Stadium, Uh-oh. because tickets are so hard to come by for folks and that sort of thing. So oftentimes you've got to watch it on television. You see the Cameron crazies as crazy <laughs> as they are. But sometimes what's often overlooked because you can't see them is the press row that's directly in front of them. What is that like to be a part of? It is. It's special. It's, un- it's unlike anything else that I've covered. And there's a guy who just worked at the local TV station around here who went to Cameron for the first time last Saturday. And he's like, wow, I've, what am I going to expect? I'm just like, be, get, get, get ready. I'd love to hear from you after the game. <laughs> it's always, it, it's, um, it's just special. The, you, there's, the, the crazies are their own ecosystem. You mentioned, like, you see those pictures of them reaching on, oh, right. reaching their and it seems like they're so close. I didn't, re- I didn't re- <laughs> care or recognize that the media was in between the two <laughs> until uh, I was a part of it. And, um, you know, 
the crazies. They're there all day. They can't really leave to go to the bathroom or even anything like that because they're scared they'll lose their spot. So I hope the folks at Duke don't listen to this and say there's a problem here. But and and over the years, we just bring like we have water bottles from the media room that we bring out and we give to some of the crazies and they they pass around the bottle. They like All right, we get a little <laughs> bit of water here. Uh, no, so there's a special relationship there. They're so close, like they're reading your tweets that they send out. Like I think last Saturday, they did. Uh, there was like a Sierra song that was playing that the dance team was doing, or it's the Pussycat Dolls by uh, Buttons was right. the song mid two thousand. And I pointed out that that song was sixteen years old now. And one of the crazies looks at me and says, "Yo, that's crazy." <laughs> Just looking over my shoulder, what I tweeted out, and I was like, "You're a Duke student." How old were you when Buttons came out? It's like, I was alive, but I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't around that long. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's just a really, really special place to be. And if you've never been to Cameron, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of like Hawaii, I think, where everybody talks about how expensive Hawaii is. But then when you talk to people who've gone to Hawaii, they never say that they spent too much right. or that it wasn't worth it. So it is expensive to go to Duke because of how exclusive those tickets are. But I've never met someone who's gone to Cameron Indoor Stadium and then left and, you know, and that was a little bit too expensive. Don't know right. if I'll do that. <laughs> it's Josh Graham joining us on the program. Follow him on Twitter at Josh Graham Radio like I do. Such a great follow because, like I said, I love reading those interactions. Oh, I've never experienced that myself before, and, and many have it. So the fact that you put it out there for the world to see, I love that. Keep it up. I'm certainly going to be looking forward to that for the final games to come. And, uh, man, that game versus North Carolina, Josh, we, we've been asking what that atmosphere is going to look like at the end of the year. I can't imagine how, how all that's going to unfold. <laughs> no, it's um, it already was a weird game. My first Duke Carolina game at Cameron, actually my first Duke Carolina game altogether was the Zion shoe game. Wow. So I show up. <laughs> you know, like, they're like, oh, yeah, Obama's going to be here. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's crazy as how small Cameron is. He sits, like, right behind the baseline, like, seating there near the Duke bench. And so many people were just so focused on the president, media-wise and all that, that Brandon Robinson was trying to warm up in the corner for Carolina, and he couldn't warm up in that corner because <laughs> of all the media that was there. And I wasn't trying to get close to the former president in that spot. There's so much attention there. But since there was so much attention, I was able to just talk to some of the, you know, small name peasants that were sitting like 15 feet to his right. And I look over there and sitting in a row, JJ, was Spike Lee, Ken Griffey Jr., Hayden Pantier, Maverick Carter, you, you just never know. <laughs> I was, I was I, just a random game fittingly against NC state a few years ago. I was just standing in the media room at Cameron and it's an easy place to get lost in, by the way, as was exemplified by me getting a tap on my shoulder. I turn around and it's Derek and David Carr who are just like, well, <laughs> Hey, we've never been, <laughs> we're lost. We don't know where to go. I'm like, are you guys Duke fans? No, but we've always wanted to go to Cameron. Okay. Okay, and I I helped the the Car Brothers escape Cameron one night. That's amazing! Wow, that's awesome. You never know. So here's the question: Duke Carolina, who's there? This year, <laughs> Coach K's last game. How high up on the totem pole do you have to be in prominence 
to call up Duke the day of and say, I, I, I can be there. Yeah. <laughs> who gets in? Yeah, who, I don't who know. Who can do that the day of? Right. Like, does Jay-Z get in? I, right. I don't think Jay-Z gets in if that happens. That's I don't. Insane. I think you have to be a former president. I think it would have to be, like, Obama calls up and says, I can be there. He gets in. But aside from that, I don't even think, like, I talked to um, Johnny Dawkins, and Johnny Dawkins told me he wasn't even being comped. So wow. no one's being comped for this game. Yeah, that's the one thing I want to figure out, right, as, as we talk earlier about the assistant coaches on the staff having played for them and that sort of thing. The players on the roster right now are coached by the same man as Jay Billis, who calls many of their games, right? And so I'm just curious, Josh, for that final game, how many former Duke players are we going? Because he's been there for so long, he can fill out the whole arena with former players that have uh, played for Mike Krzyzewski. But tickets are so hard to come by, they're going to have to be very select with who's there in the first place. Yeah, that's that's I'm, wow. that's a problem I'm glad I don't have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. I, just hope, I just hope I have a seat. <laughs> I'll be in the building. I okay. guarantee you that. Perfect. Uh, I just don't know where I'll be sitting. Perfect. Josh, this was so much fun, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Give me one final plug for the radio show for people to listen uh, if they want to get their ACC basketball fix. Yeah, just follow me on Twitter at Josh Graham Radio. And in the triad, or actually reaching all the way to Durham, you could listen to us on WSJS Sports. And, uh, yeah, you can find all those links on at Josh Graham Radio on Twitter. Perfect. Thank you so much for the time, Josh. We'll do this again soon. All right. Thanks, JJ. That's Josh Graham. He's joining us on the program today, and you've been listening to another edition of Locked on Blue Devils. Awesome stuff from Josh. Really enjoyed catching up with him. Make sure, again, you follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Too many underscores, as always. Uh, Make sure you check out the Locked on ACC podcast with Candace Cooper, and today I want you to also check out Locked on Wolfpack with Kenton Gibbs, the former Wolfpack defensive lineman, his take on NC State basketball ahead of Saturday's contest between Duke and NC State. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.